Our text tonight is found again in Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8. God had cut Israel's army from 32,000 to 300. You know, we must be small to see God as big. And we must be weak to see God as strong. And speaking of the judges, the writer of Hebrews says, For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and, and Jephthah, of David and also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions quenched the balance of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Hebrews 11, 32, 34. That's exactly what Gideon and these 300 men did to the Midianites. Now in the days of Gideon, as you know from our previous studies, God sent a dream to one man in the camp of the Midianites, and it spread through the camp like a wildfire. And the words, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon was used to strike terror in the Midianites' hearts. 301 men watched God just discombobulate. 135,000 men as they killed each other with their own swords, and 15,000 of them running for their lives. And God used only trumpets, clay pots, clay pitchers, and torches to do so. What, what a miracle of grace. And what a picture of the gospel. Well, we, we blow the one note of the gospel trumpet. We preach and testify of Christ. He is the light within us, the clay vessels that we are. And this is how we're delivered from our enemies, the enemy of sin. And you may say, well, you know, Brother David, I've never experienced a miracle of God's. Well, are you redeemed? Because that's the greatest miracle of all. There's no greater miracle than that. God giving life to a dead sinner. Israel's victory didn't come about because they were smart or because they were skilled or because they were strong. It came about because they were submitted to the will of God. They had to be to go out and fight 135,000 men with 300. And they had to be submitted to the will and purpose of God. So, on the heels of this great miracle, here in Judges chapter 8, verse 4, we're told, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over, he and the 300 men that were with him. And again, we make note that all 300 are with Gideon. Not, not one's been lost. I love to think about that. Go out against 135,000, 15,000, take off running, and not one of the army of Gideon is, is lost. I'm reminded of our Lord who said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. All of them. Every single one. And him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. You know what that means? They'll all be saved. Amen. 
Every single one. Our Lord continued and He said, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which He hath given me, I should lose nothing. Not a one. <laughs> Again, verse 4, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the three hundred men that were with him. Now look at these words, these last three words of the verse. Faint, yet pursuing. <laughs> That's my message tonight. Faint, yet pursuing. Gideon and the 300 had not lost, but they'd been in a battle and they were certainly faint. They had not been defeated, but they had certainly been drained, yet they're still pursuing the enemy. And they were not losers, but they considered not themselves to be winners, not yet. They were faint, yet pursuing. There were, they were still on the trail of these 15,000 Midianite soldiers who had escaped. They were tired, but the job wasn't done. They were hungry, but the work wasn't finished. They were weary, but they were pressing on. They were faint, yet pursuing. Now, there's nothing wrong with being faint. But we, we can't stop pursuing. <laughs> some have, have and some do, but not the chosen of God, no. Why do we continue pursuing? Well, there's really only one reason. We are chosen and called of God. That's what Midian's men, I mean, the Gideon's men were. They were called of God. They were called of God for a specific purpose. They were, were they working out their own salvation? Well, in one sense, we all do. <laughs> but it's God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Some believers get to the point that they're so faint that they say, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. You, you never were doing it. <laughs> it's God which works in you. It's God which works in you. Israel was pursuing two Midianite kings, Zeba and Zalmunna. And these 300 men had fought hard and they had fought long. They'd fought all night. They attacked them at night. They, they fought all night. They, they'd been pursuing them all day. And they're faint and they're weak and they're tired. But they were still pursuing that's what Paul meant when he wrote, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You see, there's a condition there. We reap if we faint not, if we continue to pursue. Sometimes I get tired. And I don't get tired of the work that God has given me, but I certainly get tired in the work. There's a big difference. Spurgeon once said that if we do not get tired in the work of God, then we've never really done a work that's worth doing. And like our Lord, we must, we must be about our Father's business. Do we pray only when we feel like it? Do we study the Scriptures the same way? If men were only to preach when they felt like it, I sometimes wonder if men would... Preach often at all. But it doesn't have anything to do with feelings. It really doesn't. 
I remember Brother Walter Groover, someone asked him one time if he was happy as a missionary in Mexico, and Brother Walter, without, without missing a step, he said it doesn't have anything to do with happiness. And it doesn't. It has to do with the glory of God. It has to do with the preaching of the gospel to the lost. It has to do with many things, but not happiness. And it doesn't have anything to do with feelings. It has to do with submission to God's calling. God said the victory was theirs. They were faint, yet pursuing. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, the, you probably remember the story, the Amalekites had invaded Israel and they had taken some of the women and their children captive. David, two, two wives of David were taken. The Scriptures say that David and those with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. They fainted. They were, they were faint, but they pursued. David was distressed. We're told that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He was distressed. You know that some of his men spoke of stoning him because of this? And he was distressed, but he encouraged himself in his, the Lord, his God. That's how we continue to pursue. We encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. And David inquired of the Lord, and David asked the Lord, he said, shall I pursue? And David asked, shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered with one word, pursue. <laughs> pursue. Oh, we're faint, but we're yet pursuing. As David and his men began to pursue the enemy, two of David's 600 men became so fatigued that they couldn't go any further. They couldn't continue in the battle, so they stayed at the brook Bezor while David and the 400 remaining troops went after the Amalekites. And the Bible tells us that David and his 400 men were victorious in overcoming these enemies. And they recovered all, everything that had been taken from them, and for that matter, everything else that the Amalekites possessed as well. It's called the spoils. And they traveled back to meet the 200 men who were so weak that they had to remain behind. And some of the evil men with David, probably the same ones that wanted to stone him, uh, they, uh, they said, that, well, they should just take their wives and children and go on their way. And David understood that those who had remained behind still had a part in this victory. Even though they were not part of the fighting. He said, but as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. The 200, these 200 men didn't quit. No, they didn't give it up. They went as far as they could go. They couldn't go any further. They stayed by the stuff. And in doing so, they made the work of the 400 easier by watching their things. Sometimes in the battles of life, friends, we're tempted to quit and throw in the towel. But we can't. Uh, we 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 got to at least stay by the stuff. And the truth of the matter is we all get weak sometimes. We all get weary at times. There are times when we're tempted to quit. 
But stay by the stuff. Be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to His Word. Don't give up or give in and you'll see the victory. The Lord's promised that you will. Well, we already know how the thing comes out, don't we? Christ, by His substitutionary work, restored all that Adam lost. We lost it all in Adam. Adam lost life. Christ recovered it. Adam lost fellowship with God. Christ recovered it. Adam lost the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We're too weak to pursue and overtake our enemy of sin. Thank God Christ did it for us. That day David is said to have made a statute, an ordinance for Israel. And he shared the spoils with the whole nation. And all God's people are going to share in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, Behold, a present, a blessing for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. And he split it all with all Israel. You know, when our Lord ascended up on high, He led captivity captive and He gave gifts unto men. And the Scriptures say in Ephesians 4, and He gave some apostles and some prophets, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, all God's servants are going to share in the fullness of Christ. And the amazing thing concerning Christ's fullness is that everyone gets it all. No matter how do you divide it up, they get it all. It can't be divided. The fullness of Christ. What an amazing thing. And none of us have already attained. None of us are already perfect. The word means complete. But we follow after. Paul said we press on. We pursue. So that we may apprehend and lay hold. Lay hold of what? The eternal salvation of Jesus Christ. The prize is yet before us. Constant effort is still required. And all you may be faint, yet you continue to pursue. You continue to follow after. This one thing we do, we forget those things which are behind and we pursue the mark of the prize. Though we're faint, though we're weary, we press on toward the mark, that high calling of God in Jesus Christ. And we may be faint and we may be weary and we may be hungry, We may be troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We may be hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. We may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. We may be persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. We bear about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Christ might be made manifest in our body. And this is what keeps us pursuing, is it not? We're not forsaken by God no matter what comes our way. 
This is what keeps us going forward. None of us will be finished until the Lord is finished with us. Now there are basically two things to consider from this phrase, faint yet pursuing. First, the weakness of the flesh. Faint. Faint. Secondly, the strength of God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet pursuing. <laughs> what is man at his best? Well, the best of men are men at best, aren't they? Scripture says we're altogether vanity. Human nature is a, a sinful thing. Why were these brave men of Gideon faint? Well, they, they had, had had no rest. That's one of the reasons we're so faint. There no, had been no time for them to rest. They'd fought all night. They had pursued all day. We'll never work like Christ until we rest like Christ. The Lord Jesus was often found resting. Our Lord had a great capacity for working, but He also had a great capacity for resting. Uh, when, the ship, when He was on that ship, and when that ship was tossed with the tempest, our Lord was asleep in the hinder part of the ship, in the back part of the ship. And this was the, when the storm was at its very height. So much so that these experienced fishermen, mariners, mariners were, were scared to death. This was a major storm, I can assure you that, for Peter and these other fishermen to be as concerned for their life as they were. Well, but to sleep was the best thing that our Lord could do. He nor His disciples had any reason to fret because He's the Lord of the wind and of the storm. <laughs> he sent the storm. <laughs> and when we don't see the clear way of the Lord, the best thing we can do, friends, is to rest in Him. If we neglect to rest in Christ, we become faint. Gideon and his men had put in a hard day's work. Gideon and his men had pursued their enemy through hill and valley, mountain and the plain land. They'd crossed the Jordan. They'd traveled here to Succoth. They were faint but still pursuing. What a lesson for us. These brave men had endured a long march. They had fought the battle, as I said, all night. They'd pursued the enemy all day. These men had taken no refreshment. They'd put out so much and had taken in so little. Have you grown faint? Rest in Jesus Christ. Have you fought all night? Have you pursued all day? Have you taken any refreshment for yourself? God has provided for you the manna from heaven. God has provided for you a rock from which flows rivers of living water. Take and eat. <laughs> Take and eat. Take of the water of life freely. Many of these 300 men had been deserted by their friends. Why, 22,000 of them were, who were afraid had already went home. And then 97 more hundred of them uh, had been sent home. Their souls were ready to faint due to the slackness of others. It was just them. 300 against so many. 
And that brings us to the second consideration, the strength of divine grace. These 300 were feigning, yet pursuing. Isn't that amazing? And can you imagine a bystander seeing 15,000 Midianites running for their lives and this little band of 300 men chasing them? That's the way God does things. You see, it was God that was chasing them. That's what had the Midianites fleeing. They marched slowly, but they marched forward. They could only strike feebly, friends, but they did strike. They were faint in strength, but they weren't faint in heart. They had wavered in their strength, but they had not wavered in their heart. They hadn't wavered in their resolution. None of them said, well, we've done our part. Let someone else finish what we started. That's the way of the world anymore, isn't it? Well, we've done our part. None of them said that. No, they were still pursuing. They must see the victory through to the bitter end. They, these men were driven forth by hope. Their hope was in another. <laughs> God had brought them this far and God would bring them to the end. Did you hear me? That's talking to you. Uh, do the great mysteries of Scripture stagger you? Well, they do me. Are you faint in your pursuit of divine truth? I often am. Yet we continue to pursue, don't we? Amen. Perhaps you're struggling with some particular sin. You've fainted and you've tripped and you've Falling time after time, and Satan tempts and says, "Well, you might as well might as well give up. You're not doing any good. You're just spinning your wheels. You're not making any difference. And just when you feel faint, you continue to pursue, and the Lord saves a sinner. And you're reminded that you, that you don't just plant and water, but it's God that gives the increase. Is your conflict concerning prayer? Are you pleading for a soul, a husband, a wife, a child? Have you become weary in doing so? You must not faint. Continue to pursue. I know that there's a mother out there. I know that there's a father praying for a child. They're not interested. I don't want to hear that stuff, they say. I don't want to, don't preach that to me. I don't want to hear it. And you become faint and you become discouraged. But you got to keep pursuing. You have to. What can we learn from Gideon's strong men? Well, we must keep on serving the Lord. We rejoice in the finished work whereby we're saved. The Lord is not rightly served if it's not with all our strength. Let us serve the Lord when, when, when every move is painful. Have you ever worked physically and the next day you can hardly walk? You know, you get out of bed, you're hurting all over. But you got to push through because you got things to do. We continue to pursue. Instead of your legs carrying you, you've got to drag your legs around with you. Yet you're pursuing. 
And friends, it's the supernatural favor of God that keeps us going. Fair-weathered friends would stop us in our tracks, but they cannot because we continue to pursue. Ephraim took issue with Gideon, as we saw last week, and he was unsatisfied that he, that he uh, didn't have, wasn't able to do more than he than he did. And Gideon took the time to praise him and assure him that he had done much more than he himself had. And you know that caused Gideon to be faint, but he continued to pursue. And now he comes to Succoth, famished and hungry along with his men. And look at verse 5. And he, Gideon, said unto the men of Succoth, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint. And I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand? That we should give bread unto thine army? We sure could use some bread, Gideon said. We sure could use some nourishment. We're, we're faint. Yet we're still pursuing. And what did these fair weather friends say? Well, you just need to keep right on pursuing. <laughs> These were soldiers called and chosen and faithful men whom God had greatly honored, to whom Israel was highly obligated to. They deserved the best provisions that this city of Succoth offered. But the princes of Succoth neither feared God nor regarded man. They were in contempt of God. The bowels of their compassion were shut up. They were destitute of love just as they were faith. And look down at verse 8. And he went up, Gideon went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. Listen, be prepared to pursue without earthly help. <laughs> we'll see what happened to the men of Succoth and Peniel later. I think of that passage in Proverbs 18.24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, in order to pursue while faint, you have to... Have some sustained focus. I'm encouraging you tonight, stay focused. Stay focused on God's Word. Stay focused on God's Son. Stay focused on the salvation that God has provided for sinners. That's how you continue to pursue. I remember one time my daughter Leah was a little girl and she told Teresa one time she was a little aggravated and she said, Mommy, you're stepping on my nerves. Well, the men at Succoth were stepping on Gideon's nerves. But listen, they weren't his enemy. Gideon's focus was sustained on his true enemy. He would deal with his fair-weathered friends later, and we're going to see that he most certainly did. He couldn't afford to stop and fight with them. Why are we fighting with one another? You know, uh, I, I hear so much... There's so much going on today and it's just all personal stuff that don't amount to anything. 
We need to stay focused on who our enemy is. We need to continue to pursue after the true enemy. He couldn't afford to stop and fight with him, and neither can we. We've got to stay focused on our enemy. We've got to endure to the end. That's what our Lord said. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Well, how do we endure to the end? Well, the Scripture is very clear. Having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. It's the strength of God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we endure to the end. It's not anything we do. It's what He does for us. Having loved us, He keeps us unto the end. We're kept by the power of God. Aren't you thankful for that? We can't keep ourselves. When last a second. Kept by the power of God. Oh, we're stimulated by past successes. The Midianites, they're on the run. The heads of Oreb and Zeb are in their possession. They've seen the Lord work on their behalf. And so have we time and time again. Yet we're faint, but we have every reason to pursue. We can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. How many things? All things. We are more than conquerors through Him, through the Lord Jesus Christ that loved us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. These are the words of the Lord to His people. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. 2 Chronicles 15.7 Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's my expected end? To be conformed to Christ. To be just like Him. Without sin. Perfectly holy and righteous. That's my expected end. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Wherever we go, He's with us. What do we have to fear? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. That's right. Thou art with me. Hebrews 12, 1-3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Gideon being one of them, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know why He set down, don't you? Because His work's finished. And ours is too in Him. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. And beloved, hear me on this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to me tonight too. When you fall, when you fail, don't, don't stop. 
Don't stop. The Lord says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The Lord has us in his hand. And no man can pluck us from his hand. And he upholds us. And he gives us the strength to carry on. May we always remember that whatever we do, we do it for the glory of the Lord. And His glory is seen greatly when we're faint, yet pursuing by the strength of God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 9-7 Who goeth a warfare at any, any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? We're flesh and we faint. But by God's grace, we continue to pursue. We keep on keeping on. We just keep on keeping on. God enable us to continue to pursue Christ, His forgiveness, His righteousness, His holiness, His justice. His mercy, His grace, His wisdom, His salvation, His riches and glory. May God be pleased to make it so for His glory, our good, and for Christ's sake. Faint yet pursuing. Every child of God, faint yet pursuing. Okay.